RTL Original Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Luxembourg History Podcast, brought to you by RTL Today. My name's Tom Tutton and I'm your host for our second series. Today is the first episode of a double header exploring the history of Luxembourg's participation at the Olympic Games from 1900 to the modern day. To kick things off, we'll be looking at a Luxembourger who won the marathon at the Paris Olympics of 1900, the life of Josie Barthel, arguably the Grand Duchy's most famous athlete, and of a naturalised Luxembourger who almost but never quite won gold at the Winter Olympics. We hope you'll enjoy the podcast. Now the first Luxembourgish man to win a gold medal at the Olympics, as it turned out, wasn't actually competing for his home country. His name was Michel Tiato, but his victory was mired in controversy. So the 1900 Olympic Games held in Paris were only the second edition of the modern Olympics after the ancient Greek tradition was resurrected in Athens in 1896. They formed a part of the wider 1900 Paris Exposition, a cultural event organised to celebrate the new century. A total of 95 events in 19 sports featured 997 athletes from 28 nations. Many of the mainstays of the current Olympic calendar were present, alongside some rather less conventional sports, among them croquet, cricket, an underwater obstacle course and a shooting competition featuring live pigeons. The highest drama, however, would be reserved for the marathon, with a Luxembourger taking centre stage. Now Michel Teato remains a largely unknown figure in the Grand Duchy, and for good reason. Very little was known about him even at the time, apart from the fact that he was living in Paris and was a member of the local racing club, and it was for that reason that he thus competed for France in the race. Later research, however, uncovered that Teato was in fact born in Luxembourg in 1878, moving to Paris via Belgium in his youth. Teato eventually passed away in 1919 at the age of just 41, But one thing was certain, he died an Olympic champion. On Thursday the 19th of July 1900, 14 rivals set off from the Olympic Stadium into the streets of Paris to compete for gold in the 42km race. Conditions were not exactly ideal. It was 2.30pm and at around 39 degrees Celsius it remains to this day the hottest marathon in Olympic history. The field included three Britons, five French, two Swedes, an American and two Canadians, one of whom was called, and this is not a joke, Ronald MacDonald. As they emerged from the stadium into the blistering temperatures in the Paris streets, it immediately became clear that this would be a battle. The streets of Paris had not been cordoned off for the event in the modern way, and the competitors were thus jostling for position amongst a crowd of cyclists, trams, animals and hostile spectators the three Britons responded by quickly pulling out of the race. Leading the race after a few kilometres were home favourite Georges Touquet-Dogny and Sweden's Emst Fast. But things were soon to go wrong for the frontrunners. Around 12 miles in, Touquet-Dogny apparently decided that the heat was too much and according to legend, stopped for a few beers in a local bar. Meanwhile, the Swedish Fast was pulling ahead until he went the wrong way. It has been alleged that a French policeman had accidentally pointed fast in the wrong direction, and even that realising his error, the officer committed suicide after learning that he cost the Swede his gold medal. Whatever the truth of this story, the race was now wide open, and Michel Teato, who had been on the verge of quitting at one point, emerged as the new leader, finally crossing the line in a time of 2 hours, 59 minutes and 45 seconds.
Yet more drama was to come. One of the remaining Canadians, Richard Grant, protested that he had been hit by a bike during the race. Even worse, Arthur Newton, the American contestant, alleged that Theato had cheated during the race by taking back alleys and shortcuts, which he knew from his time as a baker's delivery boy. This would only be fully disproved much later. Theato was in fact a cabinet maker, but with the cloud hanging over the event, he would not actually receive his gold medal until 1912. His victory led him to become a professional runner, but he would never repeat his early success, setting a personal best of 2.42 in 1901. Teatro's name understandably sank into obscurity, until historian Alain Bouillet discovered that he was in fact Luxembourgish by origin. Aiming to recognise his efforts, the Grand Duchy launched an official appeal for the International Olympic Committee to recognise Teatro's roots, but it was rejected in 2004. In the annals of Luxembourg's sport, therefore, only one person has achieved an officially recognised Olympic goal. That man is middle-distance runner Josie Bartel. Joseph, better known as Josie Bartel, was born in Mama in southwest Luxembourg in 1927. He first made his mark in a race in Diekirch in 1943, when as a 16-year-old in his first competitive 1500-meter race, he beat Luxembourg's top senior runners. From the start, Bartel was capable of producing extraordinary sprints on the final straight, a talent which would remain with him throughout his career. Bartel was actually called up to serve with the Wehrmacht during the German occupation but narrowly escaped being forced to fight on the Eastern Front, being only 17 when the Grand Duchy was liberated in 1944. His prowess began to be noticed at the Military World Championships, where he won the 800 metres in 1947 and an 800 and 1500 metre double in 1948. He likewise won three golds at the Student World Championships between 1949 and 1951. Bartel had made a name for himself. The only question that remained was whether he could perform on the full international stage. At the 1948 London Games, the first to be held after the war, a 21-year-old Bartel finished 10th in the 1500 metres, but failed to make the final for the 800. Instead, it would be the 1952 Helsinki Games where his dreams would come true. Bartel faced a tough field in Finland, including both the German 1500-metre world record holder Werner Lug and a young Briton named Roger Bannister, who would famously go on to run the first sub-four-minute mile in 1954. Having blasted through both his heats in first place, Bartel was in good form going into the final, which took place on the 26th of July. His main rival Lug was helped by the presence of fellow German Rolf Lammers, who acted as a pace setter for his colleague in the first two laps. Heading into the final straight, Lug was two metres ahead, but the Luxemburger would not be beaten. Relying on his impressive sprinting, Bartel powered ahead crossing the line with a beaming smiles and arms outstretched in an Olympic record time of 3 minutes 45.2 seconds. In an iconic moment on the podium, Bartel wept tears of joy as he was presented with his gold. Unsurprisingly, this would represent the pinnacle of his career. Bartel made the most of his opportunities as a successful runner. A chemist by training, he was offered a scholarship to continue his studies at Harvard, moving there in 1953. He won victory at the 1954 American Championships and came close to breaking the four-minute barrier in the months before Bannister finally achieved it. Bartel was the Luxembourg champion in both the 800 and 1500 metres for a decade from 1946 to 56, and he would compete in his third straight Olympics at Melbourne in 1956, but he failed to replicate his earlier success and did not make the final in Australia. 
After retiring, Bartel went on to lead the Luxembourg Athletics Federation from 1962 to 1972 and the country's full Olympic and Sporting Committee from 1973 to 1977, before joining the government as Minister for, among other things, Energy and the Environment from 1977 to 84. Bartel died in July 1992 at the age of just 65 after a long illness. His name lives on throughout the Grand Duchy, with a school named after him in Mama and more significantly the Josie Bartel National Stadium in Luxembourg City. Next on the list, we're looking into the Grand Duchy's most successful Winter Olympian, Marc Girardelli. Marc Girardelli was born in Lustenau, Austria in 1963 and started skiing from a young age. He quickly showed promise in several alpine disciplines from the slalom to ski jumping. All was set for Girardelli to compete for his native Austria in global competitions, but early on in his career he fell out with the country's skiing federation over his unwillingness to attend a boarding school. By the age of 14, he had begun to compete for Luxembourg despite having no special links with the Grand Duchy. The decision to switch nationalities may have been in part a tactical one. Luxembourg has never been a major player in winter sports and thus competition for places was not extremely high. But Girardelli's determination to represent Luxembourg would cost him dear. Under existing regulations, he was unable to compete for his new country at either the 1980 or the 1984 Winter Olympics, as well as the 1982 World Championships. Despite these issues, Girardelli was still able to take part in the FIS Alpine Ski World Cup, a circuit competition similar to the modern-day Athletics Diamond League. His first victory in a World Cup event came in February 1983 in Sweden, while he finished third overall in the 1984 season after racking up a number of victories. By 1985, at the age of just 21, Girardelli became the World Cup overall champion for the first time, winning 11 individual events in the slalom, giant slalom and super G. It wasn't all easy, however. Girardelli was injury-prone throughout his career, including a major crash in 1983 in which he tore cartilage, ligaments and a tendon in his left knee. But this would not stop him from dominating the world of alpine skiing. Girardelli's first appearance for Luxembourg at the Biennial World Championships came in 1985, but he was unable to secure gold, finishing second in the slalom and third in the giant slalom. 1986 saw him retain his World Cup overall champion status, while at the following World Champions at Cannes Montana in Switzerland in 1987, Girardelli achieved his first gold medal in the combined event. He would win a further three World Cups in 1989, 91 and 93, and three more World Championship titles in 1989, 91 and 1996. His overall haul of five World Cups was a record until 2017, while his 11 World Championship medals place him second in the all-time table. Girardelli was thus a giant of the sport, but sadly for him, and for Luxembourg, he would be unable to replicate his success on the grandest stage of all, the Winter Olympics. Girardelli's first appearance at the Olympics came at Calgary 1988, in what was unfortunately not his best season. He had failed to win a single event at the World Cup that year, and his poor showing continued in Canada where he could only muster ninth place finishes in the giant slalom and downhill event. Albertville 1992 thus represented his best opportunity for Olympic gold. In the Super G, Girardelli was pipped by a fraction of a second by Norway's Kirtil Andre Armot. Two days later, in the giant slalom, he fell short by a minuscule 0.32 seconds to Italy's Alberto Tomba. Two years later, in 1994, 
with the Winter Olympics switching to fall on different years to the summer event, Girardelli was again unable to improve on his previous efforts, finishing 4th in the Super G and 5th in the downhill. His Olympic record would therefore stand at two silvers, a respectable achievement which still represents half of Luxembourg's all-time haul, but a massive disappointment for a man who had been at the pinnacle of his sport for years. That's all we've got for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Luxembourg History Podcast. This episode was written, adapted, and hosted by Thomas Tutton. Brought to you by RTL Today. <laughs>